Amen. Hey, as Michael shared, we are taking a pause from our study in Matthew, and we are going to take a moment to talk about fundamentals, basics, missions, values of who we are and why we exist as a church. Uh, you are going to get a very, very condensed version, which can be really good because unlike writing 10 pages, I wrote three pages. That's the good news. The bad news is sometimes I can then go off track quite a bit. So I'm going to try to move through this and talk about this in a timely manner, which will then allow for us to bring Michael and Joel back up on stage and kind of discuss some things that are going to go further. But if you happen to ever go to our website uh, from day one when we were getting ready to plant the church and pray about uh, what this church was going to be about, uh, Matthew 28 has really been the theme or the motivation or the purpose of this church, and it stemmed from a pastor getaway that I'd done prior to planting this church, where uh, one of the pastors said, we should just be all about the mission of Jesus. And the question was, well, what is that mission? Well, it says in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Then in light of that, you can flip, if you want, a few Well, three Gospels over into Acts then, which is that first long church history narrative where it says in Acts 2.46, they continued to dig together day by day in the temple and breaking bread in their homes. And so from this, we have developed a mindset, a mission of what Redeemers is about. First and foremost, we are about Jesus. Amen? Amen. We're about Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus, worship Jesus, love Jesus, share Jesus with other people. In fact, that's what he commands us to do in Matthew 28. Uh, Part of Matthew 28 is we are then involved in discipleship. This following our king closely, learning, being in just that tight-knit relationship as we're transformed by him. And finally, community. Community. We say this often, that is, gathering with the saints on a weekly basis in our homes, in this place as well. And as I shared this morning, as we share every week, we exist to spend time with Jesus, learn from Jesus, and do the things that Jesus does. And of course, we gather. We gather, we gather, we gather. And we are not just an event or a building, but a people in relationship with one another. We truly are. You look around this room. And if you've been here for maybe six months or longer, you've probably been in somebody's home or they've been in your home from this church. You've maybe been asked to go out to lunch or down to the park to hang out or to get involved in life with one another. We are people who come together. So what I want to do is kind of recenter some of this for each and every one of us. I'm going to have you turn to Revelation, but before you get too excited... Revelation 2, 1 through 7, not the weird stuff, okay? So we're going to go Revelation 2, 1 through 7. Someday, maybe on like an evening, we've already done an evening of eschatology that John Piper hosted that was four years ago. Maybe we'll get into all of this and you can crucify me then for all the different things we talk about. But, but, Revelation 2, I just want to read this to you. You're probably very, very familiar with this passage. It gets talked on a lot. Verse 1. 
to the angel, which is the messenger, is the cryptic language that's being used there uh, by John of Patmos, whom is being given this revelation to the angel or the messenger of the church in Ephesus. Right. The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks amongst the seven golden lampstands. Lots of cryptic language. Yeah, we should do this someday. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. How's this church doing? Pretty good. Who said that's awesome? Yes, pretty good. Thank you, Ron. Listen, if God were to look down and speak to me in that manner and say, Brett, Here's the message. I have seen that you guys have been faithful and you teach truth in the scriptures. I know that you are a people that are active in serving and loving and caring in the community. I would go, yes, we're getting something right. This is excellent. This is perfect. He sees our works. He sees our toil. He even sees our endurance and long suffering. But the narrative doesn't end there says, but I have this against you. You have abandoned, you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent. Do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat at the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. You know, it's really unique because this group of Jesus followers was a church who had a really, really excellent beginning. You can read about it in Acts where Paul plants this church in Ephesus. It's got a gnarly beginning where he's preaching in the temple, and we're going to make note of this in a little bit, but they take one of the temple leaders out who is beginning to follow the words of Paul, and they don't beat Paul, but they beat, I think his name was Gaius, and they just give him just a whipping, a lashing. So what does Paul do? They go to the school of Tyrannius, and they begin for the next 18 months to share and talk about the gospel. And if you read the letter to the church at Ephesus that Paul wrote to them, uh, he talks about in chapter 1, verse 15, their faithfulness and their love one for another. And that's what they are known by. But as time slowly went on, their activity becomes their identity. Their activity becomes their identity. This is not activity that stems from identity. This is, I know what you guys are about. You're great in the community. Your works, your toiling, your doctrine, you guys have got it down. That is excellent. But the problem is, is that is what is all about you now. And you've abandoned this first love that you are actually called to. And often when we talk about this, that first love, that first place begins with Jesus and then goes 
forward or goes out horizontally to others. And when we misplace our first love, we can get involved in all kinds of incredible causes, great causes, causes that might benefit our community, our neighbor, causes that we deeply believe in. But when those causes eclipse our love for Jesus, or like we talked about last week, when we have a priority that's up here and Instead of Jesus being on top, it begins to skew how we can view all of life. And so we're being reprimanded in a sense. This church is being told, hey guys, you're missing it because you're all about your activity, which I love. It's great. But that is not your identity. And what we need to keep first and foremost for our church is the main thing is Jesus. It is. That might lead us to certain causes. That might lead us to certain missions. That might lead us to do and speak about certain things in the community. But our main thing, who Redeemers is all about, is King Jesus. We talk about Jesus. We worship Jesus. We sing about Jesus. We teach our kids about Jesus. It's Jesus we trust. Do you guys get it? It's all about Jesus. And I applaud people who from that get involved in many different causes, but they should never overtake what we are about. Paul takes on in Ephesians in his letter when he's preaching to them, great job, you are faithful, I commend you. You can read in Acts 20, uh, the church had been planted, Paul left, he comes back to spend time with the elders, and there's this sincere love and encouragement that Paul experiences. But they received correction here because they lost sight of the main thing. We are a church about Jesus. Number two, we are a church about being disciples. We are passionate and we care about discipleship. We've talked about discipleship. We have this whole series and whatever, whatnot on discipleship. Big word, lots of different meanings depending on your context and kind of churches you were brought up. Everybody has a different way of defining it. It's like nailing jello to the wall. It's a little tough to do. Okay, that's what it's like when we discuss and talk about discipleship. But one of the ways I can simply define discipleship is finding an identity in Christ. One of the most fundamental problems that exists in the world today is that we don't know who we are. Probably every five to ten messages that I give at this church, I talk about this. This should be ingrained into us, that we live in a world in which we're trying to find ourselves. And we go down all different kinds of roads, whether it's travel or sexuality or work or family, to Get an identity that we want to assume for ourselves and which is then accepted in the world around us. And we've worked very hard at gathering this identity for ourselves. But what ends up happening is we become incredibly empty, even if we reach out and grasp the very thing we've always desired and wanted. We do. I always think of the story in Genesis, there's, there's numerous ones you can pick up. It's just like, give me this thing or else. Give me, give me God or else. I'll do it on my own terms. Just go ahead and go with Abraham and Sarah. God, you're not doing it. You're not giving this to us. We're going to go outside of you to get what we want. The scriptures are clear that our identity 
is called saints. Why don't you, if you want to, turn to Romans 1, chapter, or chapter 1, verse 7. I don't know if I put that one in there or not, Britain. If I didn't, it's totally fine. This all came in late. To all those in Rome, here it is. This is your identity. To all of those in Rome who are loved by God. You're going to hear a lot of things today. If you do not hear that, you've missed everything. You are loved by God. Yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, you. But my past, my present, my lack of faithfulness and trusting God for the future, yes, you. You are loved by God and, listen, called to be saints. Who are you called to be? Saints. J. Vernon McGee. Anybody ever heard J. Vernon McGee? I like to read J. Vernon McGee. If I listen to J. Vernon McGee, I'm just done. But you're either a saint or you're an ain't. And if you are an ain't, you ain't a saint. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Love me. That's like the first commentary set ever given to me. And it was so classic and obviously impacted my life. You're a saint. Listen to what Paul says to Corinth. We spent, if you're new here, uh, the better part of a year in this letter to the church at Corinth. Uh, was that a church you'd want to be a part of? No. Thanks, Scott. That is not a church you'd want to be a part of. That is a horrible mess that was going on. And there was all kinds of chaos and problems and priorities and agendas and all the rest. And his first words to the church at Corinth is, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. That simply means you are set apart in Christ Jesus, called, called to be saints. Listen to what he says, together. You're called to be saints together. This is not just some individual decision, although there's a moment in time in which you said, Jesus has touched my heart. Jesus has touched my life. He has called me. I'm his. I'm going on record. I'm being baptized. I am a follower of Jesus. You're placed together in the body of Christ with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Before you were a saint, you were an ain't. Before you were a saint, you were an ain't. Thank you. Awesome. Or Paul says, once a slave to the passions of your flesh, once seeking out an identity for yourself to be significant, valued, and deemed important in this world, a desire to be approved, you now have approval from the only one in which it matters, God. You are a saint. So you are. You are not your political stance. You are not. You are not your upbringing. You are not. You are not rich. You are not poor. You are not middle class. You, dear Christian, are a saint. That is who and what God has called you and determined upon your life. You are not your shame. You are not your guilt. You are not your sin. You are not your success. You are a saint. You have been radically changed from the inside, which is identity, which then influences how you live on the outside as well. This is what God has done in our lives, and we live out of that identity. What happened to this church in Revelation? They lived for that. But we do this, and we do that, and we're busy, and we're involved, and we're engaged. Great. You've abandoned your first love. Come back to that. Discipleship is rooting your identity in Jesus Christ. 
There's all sorts of disciplines we can participate in and we can engage in and community and all the rest, but it's being rooted in this firm identity. Number three, we as a church are all about gathering, all about gathering. If you want, you can turn over to Hebrews. I think this one is going to get put up there. Chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, um, it says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. You can't do this sitting by yourself in your mommy's basement, okay? Just going to throw that out there. And I love this because we have a basement and my kids sit in it. And so someday this will be very applicable to them. You're not going to stir yourself up to good works. But in community coming together, we stir one another up. Listen, this is not primarily about me and this great message or Michael and the ability to teach or sing or do or accomplish. This, the gathering, what's happening from the moment you walk in here till the last few people trickle out is there is an encouraging aspect in which is going on. Yes, there is instruction. Yes, there is encouragement that comes from up here. And there's corporate singing and praise that we are actually called to all participate in. Love that. But the gathering begins at 845 when those first few people come here in the back and begin to pray and encourage one another and speak to each other. And here we're encouraging. Now look, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as the day is drawing near. We are a church that deeply cares about the gathering of the saints. If you were with us before March of last year, like everybody in the world, there was a two-week or two-month, sorry, just kind of lull. We remodeled this whole place. It was epic, all right? Um, I earned these floors right here that you spit on, walk on, spill on, okay? So <laughs> rub the syrup on from Fifth Sunday breakfast. Ah, Brett. So any of those bumps you feel, yep, sorry, my bad. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. We were... We were honestly very passionate about the soonest that we can get back together. And early on, early adopters in May, we said we so deeply gather, or deeply, sorry, put importance on the gathering of the saints. We're going to meet in three, four gatherings if we have to. We're going to come together and we're going to be with one another. And we're going to worship the Lord with each other. We highly value. This has been a battlefield in a sense for me personally and a deep conviction that stemmed out of that lull that came. We need to be gathered. And it looked different. It did because of circumstances. But we said, this is what we value. Now, even in the scriptures, whether you look at Acts 2, they were gathering in an upper room, Acts 1 into Acts 2. Acts 2.46, they gathered at the temple. Acts 2.46, they gathered in houses. Acts 19.9, they gathered at this hall or the school of Tyrannius. They gathered in church history, according to church history, in the catacombs. They've gathered underground, above ground, and I think Elon Musk wanted to put a church on Mars or the space station, okay? So there was literally, I think it was a, a, a Babylon Bee. Anybody follow the Bee? There was like a church planting pastor from Mars. So, you know, I was tempted, right? That'd be epic. <laughs> We're going to find ways to gather. And that is incredibly important for us, though it can look differently. We're shaped in the gathering as we speak to one 
another, as we come together and sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with one another. And it can take on many different forms and shapes. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to bring up Michael and I'm going to bring up Joel. And I'm also going to pray as they're coming up. So Father, thank you for your truth and your word and this reality of who we are. Thank you for what you're doing in our church and what you want to continue to do in this church. And so today, I just ask that there can be mercy and grace, um, understanding, an ability for just your spirit to work and move in here with one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm done preaching. Woo! All right. I can do it in 20 minutes. I promise. Um, I know, right? It's amazing. So next week won't be that short. I promise. <laughs> Lucky you guys. Um, but I'm going to turn this over to Joel at this point. Yeah, I guess I can, I can move. Yeah, share the stage. All right. All Trust right. me, I'd like to. We'll get this figured out. <laughs> so I just wanted to, to come up here and give you guys a little, uh, context. You know, you could tell when Michael's like, oh, and, and OSHA's finding us. It, it went from like a, a gasp of silence in the room. So I just want, we, we wanted to, with all these things, you obviously want to be as transparent as possible and, and, and let people know what's going on. So, uh, just starting back in, I'd say March, April. Uh, so you, you know, the, the, the world is changing. There's a global pandemic. And, and so we started to meet as an elders team and leaders and, and, I remember our thought was was exactly what what Brett was preaching was how do we keep this church focused on Jesus and building His kingdom as the world is changing? So uh, and the big one of the big issues in all this has been the the face coverings, whether we do it, whether we don't. And we thought in that how do we how do we focus on Jesus? How, how do we you know whether you're someone who wears a mask driving by themselves in their car? It's like cool. We love you, and we want to grow with you in Jesus. And if you're someone who hasn't put on a mask for us ever, we love you. That's cool. We want you to grow in Jesus. And it's like, how do we, how do we as a church and as a leadership team keep that and have that be the message? So that, that was kind of where we started. And then um, back after our Christmas Eve service... Uh, I think a couple weeks later, we got our, our first call from OSHA. It was a week is, later. Merry Christmas, yeah. Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Brett. Here's, uh, uh, and OSHA, if you don't know, it's the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. And, and they're, they're tasked with enforcing rules at grocery stores, businesses, um, churches. Uh, so w- when we got that, that first call and, and official warning, we, we worked with and them. Letter. And letter. We, yeah. we wrote a response. Um, and and I, I, we, we shared some information through a letter, just at this point of we're going to continue to focus on Jesus. I don't know if you can tell that's the recurring message where our focus is, is Jesus. So um, that was in December and then January, well, yeah. January. And then come, come this Thursday, you know, we, we get a text from Brett like, oh, man, got, got, got another call. Uh, so we we pulled back together and it's um, it's a predicament. Uh, it's it's a tricky predicament. And and knowing uh, Brett and Michael, if you guys know, it's hard leading a church in normal times. You throw in a global pandemic and things get real hairy. And and if you know Brett, uh, he wears it. He he holds this. He he takes this lightly. This is his life. So we've been just praying and and thinking. And whenever you have a predicament like this, there's a difference between a predicament and a problem. Problem, you got like, hey, here's the solution. Let's execute. Let's let's do this solution. 
with a predicament, you've got paths, and, and sometimes none of them are good. You, you, you know, you've got different, different uh, actions you can take, and there's no perfect solution to all of this. Um, so what we've done through, through prayer is, is come up with at least a path through a predicament. Um, and, and through this, it's just all about Jesus. And, and that's what we're going to continue to do, and that's the message. And, and that's our hope, is that we can look back a year from now and say, man, that was a divisive time in the church. Some people left, some people stayed, and we just got more isolated and divisive. Our prayer, our hope, is that a year from now, we look back at this time and we say, this is where Redeemers grew. This is where Redeemers said, we're about Jesus, and we're not going to let these trivial things disrupt our path. Um, so that's where we're looking at this. So, so that's kind of our heart. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump over. Uh, just to be clear, we have not been fined yet. But my phone call from OSHA was your, your letter, uh, your second letter is in the mail, and the next step for us is to show up and find you. So I just want to be incredibly clear on that. We are not facing, like Florence, $17,000, two businesses in, in fines yet. <laughs> so do you have anything else you want to add before I jump in? No, I just, I, when you said predicament versus problem, I was like, that's what parenting is, <laughs> predicaments. <laughs> I had this, like, aha moment. Anyways, Brett. Yeah, so um, just to kind of uh, further this, uh, look, we're not taken off guard by any of this. The amount of time that I've spent sitting with people on both sides of the issue, I'm not kidding, back in November, um, the day when we got another shutdown order, I had about five to eight phone calls, and it was extremes on both sides. I'm not kidding. Like, hey, we need to do this, we don't do this. And, and so just so you know, this is not um, just a easy, easy thing to navigate. And I want you to understand that, nor is it something that we have no learning, education on, haven't spent time reading, uh, fully aware of all of the things and that Fauci and the rest have said and whatever you want to go down, um, that uh, we have read both sides and spent much time in this as well. And we are also trying to navigate something for an entire body of people, not just myself or my family in general, but a body that is diverse in politics, a body that is diverse in views of how this stuff should play out and work. So you've got to remember you're not the only one or your group is not the only one in here. I just, I know I need to share that. I know that's known. I know you know that, but just to remind us of that as well. Um, Also, when I was at Liberty University, there was no global pandemic seminary type class. If it was, I skipped it. Like, yeah, you know, like we are way more advanced than that. So that's just, I'm just going to throw that one out there. Um, Our primary goal will always be to gather. Our primary goal as a church, even as we've packed you in today, is to have one gathering. Even if you continue to invite your friends to our church, they might have to stand in the back, okay? So we love one gathering. That's what we love. That's what we prefer. But obviously, we have found ourselves in a position, um, even when we were at three gatherings last spring, where the world has changed, There's an online digital, which I am like so, I've been so anti that, all right? No no offense, all right? But that's just been like, man, let's be here. And yet it has been beneficial and encouraging and it's making impact because some families are gathering together and they're able to participate with communion, with 
hearing the word and singing. So it's actually opened my eyes to like, oh, I can grow and I can accept that that is something that we can be doing. So I want you to hear that. Uh, The truth is this ship has sailed of all being together eight months ago. It just has. And everybody from Oregon to other parts of the world have had to make transitions in churches. We're friends with many church leaders, many of them. And so there's had to, been, had to be uh, just changes and adjustments that have taken place. So I want you guys to know that, um, and we're thankful that you've been very flexible with us and kind with us up to this point. So not a long-term vision, but, but we love in the sense of being multiple gatherings or things like that, but we really, really love the idea of the saints getting together regardless. Finally, I need to talk to you from my heart personally. Right? I plan a church. Um, when you plan a church... Um, to some degree or another, for better or for worse, in American Western Christianity, you become some bit of the face of the church, the personality of the church. I'm kicking back against that with, like, getting more people up here speaking, teaching, just so you know. This is intentional because one voice in one community from a 37-year-old white male is not the best thing for anybody, okay? just want you to hear that very loudly and clearly, but I also realize that... Um, There is Jesus, there is an elder team, but to some degree or another, I do shoulder and bear a lot of responsibility of the decisions made. OSHA does not call these guys, they call me. Um, A lot of letters and emails, they get addressed to me. Okay, I'm just gonna, and that's fine. Like that's what we signed up for, said yes, Lord, and amen. I need you to hear this. The mask has never been a hill for Brett Anderson to die on. I'm just going to say that out loud. Said it at our elders meeting in July. Shared it with these guys again. This may be some of your battles, but this has never been my hill. Have we been passive in our approach? Sure, we've been passive in our approach. And I realize that and understand that. When I flew back to Illinois, I wore a mask on a plane for six hours, right? This is not my battle. But if we don't do something, it will end up being my battle. It'll end up being what this church is known for. And this church is not going to be known for that. It's going to be known for Jesus. It is. Just going to share that with you. This is my, I, the fine, we could probably have the money raised in five weeks. Like, I'm not doubting that. It's not the money. I don't want to lead the charge on the masklessness. It's just not what I want to do, right? This is coming from my heart, your pastor that's been here for almost eight years, a decade in ministry almost in Redmond, who loves you, prayed with you, prayed for you, spent time with you, who is absolutely imperfect, who's mishandled things at times, who's messed up. I am being honest and real with all of you who's let you down. I wear that. I feel that. I know that. I'm not asking for your sympathy or empathy. I'm fully aware of my shortcomings. But I need you to hear that I am not your guy to lead that movement, okay? That's just not who, that's not my hill. I am very set on, like, we're gathering, okay? We're gathering. So Michael is going to, I think the right word is divulge our plan. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Unravel our plan. Yeah, here's some divulging, everyone. (laughs) So our plan going forward is simply this, and bear with me, there's some time to process, don't worry. Um, We're going to go to two gatherings. We're going to have a 9 a.m., so half an hour earlier, here, indoor, face coverings required, 
And then we're also going to have an 11 a.m. outdoor gathering at American Legion Park in their amphitheater. And now the question that I know you guys are all wondering right now, don't panic, there will be donuts at both <laughs> gatherings, okay? I can't guarantee coffee yet, but I'm, it, I like coffee, so there's probably going to be coffee too. <laughs> so two gatherings, um, kids' classes. Um, to be really honest, we're going to need a lot of help. Uh, we're going to need people that are just ready to step up and get involved, um, however it looks like. And that's just another important thing that you are on the e-weekly because we'll be giving, divulging that information <laughs> <laughs> sometime during the week. But we do need help. So if you're already like, I'm ready, I want to help out, um, please come talk to us or talk directly to Sandy afterwards. So we want to do kids' classes, but we need your help. Um, If you're joining us outside, it's important that you bring your own chairs and blankets. Uh, We're going to do our best this week to provide some of that ourselves. Of course, the outdoor gathering is going to look the exact same way as the indoor gathering. So it's going to be the same teaching, same songs and worship. Um, We might actually have more fun out there. (laughs) We'll see. Um, So it's going to be all the same stuff, but you can help us out by bringing chairs. Because there's more room to dance. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'm going to process that one for a little bit. (laughs) You don't want to see that. Trust me. My boss just asked me to dance more. Okay. Uh, Now we realize when you guys leave here today, uh, you just need time to process this. Like we get that. There's going to be a lot of emotions. There's going to be, I would say, a very interesting conversation with your spouse or your friends on the way home. Um, And that's okay. Um, just remember this. What you need to know is you, your fight is not with us, your pastors. Like, don't make this your battlefield. Um, and especially uh, for those of you that have strong opinions, um, please come to us with kindness, with patience, and help us create a space uh, where differing sides can seek Jesus and his kingdom together. You know, I'm being redundant, but... Please have mercy on us. Um, As Brett shared, you know, there's probably 120 different views and opinions and thoughts and values, and they don't always align, right? Um, I know this firsthand. So uh, try to find ways to live out that Ephesians 5 uh, passage, chapter 521, respecting and valuing your brother and sister regardless of where they land on this issue. Um, That said, we are asking three things of you. Truly, just three things. One, um, process all this. Please, think about it. Talk about it. Talk about your family and friends. And please don't be afraid to talk to us. We've had these conversations the last year. um, But don't be afraid to call us, okay? We want to hear you out. We want to be there for you and have these conversations. Even if you feel like it's an idea that we haven't thought of yet. Uh, Brett came to me with the funniest idea this morning. He was like, okay, what if we just fire ourselves? Then OSHA can't do anything because we're not employees. (laughs) Thank you, Brett. Um, Let's think about that one. (laughs) That was a new one. I hadn't heard that one. That was five minutes before we went on stage. Wow. Um, So process this. It's okay. Process this. We've had 72 hours. You're just hearing this all right now. Um, Second thing, commit to mercy and flexibility. Uh, It's not a proverb, it should be, but blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. 
Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. And so we're asking you to extend mercy, to be flexible. And the last thing, and I think this is probably the most important, um, that you would join us in prayer, that you would join us together, praying for healing, for salvation, for restoration, for redemption, and for us, red men in the entire world, right? Join us in prayer, because the reality is, while there's not a fight, there's not a battle against us, there is a battle going on. And the way that we step into the history of the church is by doing it by, first and foremost, prayer and worship, right? Prayer and worship, first and foremost. There there will be moments where we need to act, where we need to do something, but it starts from prayer and worship. Yes? Okay. Um, Cool. Yes. And just to add to that, um, we do not battle against flesh and blood. It's not against myself, Joel, or Brett but against a very real spiritual kingdom, kingdoms and powers that want to divide us as a church. So, of course, our first goal is unity. And we're going to respond that way. We're actually going to make time right now to respond that way with singing and coming together. So this next, like, 10, 15 minutes is really important for us. I know, again, there's going to be time to process this after the gathering. But right now, we get to come together. We get to pray. We get to sing together. We get to come to the tables and share a meal together. And and as Michael gets ready to grab his guitar, I'm going to read the scripture to you. Is one that uh, we were just talking about in our group text, actually, about all of this. And Joel brought up, and in 1 Corinthians 9, 22, it says, To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessing. Do it all for the sake of the gospel. And we just really want you to know and hear um, Two gatherings, not, that's like, I still wanted to pack people in. Like, that's, that's just how I am. I think it's awesome. All right? So, so this is an opportunity because we had a disruption, and we taught on that not too long ago. Disruptions happen, and we're trying to create an opportunity out of this. Encourage you. Um, help us if you are willing and able to serve at one and come to another, um, to just participate and be involved. Poor Joel offered to teach first through fifth multiple weeks in a row. So let's not throw that on. <laughs> There's some class. Yes. <laughs> so so we, we definitely care and want to be there um, and just serve well. And so we are going to let you process. We're going to engage now in worship. Michael will open the tables when that's time. Uh, We'll take communion as a church body. Um, Let's give space now for the spirit to work.